Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You know, I listen to Bickley and Murata. Terrific show, by the way. I really enjoy it. Bickley and Murata mornings from 6 to 10. Bickley and Murata. It's the greatest show on earth. Bickley and Murata. Good morning and welcome. Dan Bickley. Sports, man. Sports. Vince Murata. It's a power-packed morning zoo. Are you kidding me? Bickley and Murata. Bigley and Murata. I love this show. This is the greatest show in the history of radio. It's the greatest radio show ever. Bigley and Murata. I hate everything about this show. This is the worst show in the world. Good morning. Happy Tuesday, all you Valley sports fans. Wake up, everybody. It's zombie football month. (laughs) Wake up. Must eat brains. (laughs) Must throw screen pass. (laughs) I'm glad you talked about that. Can we talk about that phenomenon, by the way? What's that? Remember the good old days in football when a team had third and long? Like, you know, one of those impossible third and 15 plus Mm -hmm. plays? And they actually used to try to convert the third down. Yeah. Everything now is a screen pass. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Or a draw play. Isn't that absolutely crazy? That's it. I know. How about that? They paid millions of dollars. I know it's it's quite something, quite now quite get something. Up my lawn. Now uh, we're sitting here watching television, and a moment ago they showed the uh, Argentina football team coming through the streets of uh, where would that be? Buenos Aires. Buenos Aires. And uh, the scene is um, it, it's incredible. And I wonder is that what it's going to look like if and when the Suns ever win an NBA championship? Are they that popular in Buenos Aires? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, Lionel Messi jerseys are like the most. Um, sought after piece of memorabilia right now. You can't find any across the globe. They're being resold for like three thousand dollars. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So if anybody's got any messy kits at home, oh, I got some get messy them on eBay. kits at home. Ugh, so you get some messy kits. Messy kits. Messy kits. I was Christmas shopping, and uh, my my younger son's way into the international football. International. And I think uh, I was I was looking for a specific jersey, not messy, but I think they had them. Mm-hmm. Obviously, during my shopping, I should have picked one. You should have. Yeah. I should have used some foresight. Mm-hmm. What would He's be the pretty? Thing, what would be the American equivalent of Messi finally winning the World Cup? Like an all time, like when Ovechkin won the Stanley Chris Cup a Paul, couple years ago. Oh, never mind. Oh, that boy. that great American, yeah. Alex Ovechkin. Oh, you're right. That was. <laughs> I was thinking, no, you're right. That was a terrible example. Yeah, it is American a sports. Example. I was thinking, but you're right. Yeah. Yeah, I, you mean aging athlete finally getting like an, what's due, what's yeah, come. An, an all time great aging athlete and, finally getting the. And someone who everyone wants to see win. Yeah, that's, that happy. wouldn't be Chris Paul. No, it would that's not. right. Yeah, so you, to, yeah. I don't know. We, uh, do we have one in this country? I don't know. Certainly not on uh, Mike Trout winning a World yeah, Series. Like, Bar- like Barry Bonds was never that because he had so many detractors. But, but baseball, baseball is different. Baseball star players just don't matter that much because they just don't do that right. much. So it have to probably be an NBA player or a quarterback. The last one, well, it's not the last one, but the one that I can think of, and he's not even American either, but he played for an American team. When Ray Bork finally won the cup with Colorado. Yeah. Remember that outpouring of, yeah. of emotion yeah. for Ray Bork? Yeah. I don't know but why. That's I can't also think. hockey. No yeah. disrespect, right. but it's, yeah, it's it's hockey. It's, it's interesting. 
Yeah. So I wonder, is there a guy in the NFL, a ringless dude in the NFL that every that has that sympathy, that has that love? I don't know. That's a good question. That's never won one. Larry oh. Fitzgerald. Yeah, Fitzgerald was pretty high on that list. Yeah, that's, that's a, a good great one. point. Yeah. That's a really good one. Huh. Interesting. Larry, come back next year. Yeah, you can be Lionel Messi. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Larry Nell. You don't think he knew what he was doing? <laughs> you don't think oh, Fitz man. knew what he was doing? Looking smarter by the day. Oh, 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 oh. Start the show, Ferret. The Splash. Splash. The stories making waves in the sports world. The Splash. Cannibal. Cannibal coming. Cannibal coming. The Splash, brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com. Cardinals with a day off today. Cliff Kingsbury spoke to the media on Monday with a wrap-up of the loss to the Denver Broncos. And with news on players heading into Tampa Bay week, defensive lineman Zach Allen will not play. He's still out after having hand surgery. Cornerbacks Marco Wilson, Antonio Hamilton, and Byron Murphy are all day-to-day, although Kingsbury did say Murphy is further away from playing than the others. Quarterback Colt McCoy is in the concussion protocol, and uh, Kingsbury isn't sure if right tackle Kelvin Beecham will be able to play. Uh, yeah, I think, I, I think at the very least, you give Colt McCoy the week off for making him run the football on third down. I think at the very least, you just say, listen, my bad, but, man. Yeah. He's had an injury in every game he's played in this year. Yeah, that's true. Guys, beat him out. Beat him out would be the clean sweep on the offense. Yeah, nobody would have uh, gone unscathed on the off- and beat him actually missed snaps against the, the Broncos. Now yeah. came back in mm-hmm. uh, and he's been kind of the, the rock on that offensive line. But yeah, he probably he probably needs a day off too. Yeah, no shame this year, Kelvin. Take the day off. Uh, Aaron Rodgers threw for 229 yards and a touchdown. A.J. Dillon ran for two scores. Packers doubled up the Rams 24-12 on Monday Night Football. Green Bay holding L.A. to just 156 yards of offense on the night. Baker Mayfield in his first start as a Ram, just 111 yards. Uh, Packers still alive in the Whoops. NFC playoff picture at 6-8. and eight. The Rams eliminated at 4-10, and 10, and they have tied the record now for most losses ever by a defending Super Bowl champ. And, and they took over last place from the Arizona Cardinals, so at least we got that. That's true. Right? Even though the record's the same. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts, one of the favorites for the NFL's MVP award at this point, is uncertain to play Saturday in a big game against the Dallas Cowboys because of a shoulder sprain suffered in the Eagles' win over the Bears on Sunday. Philly is a league-best 13-1, and travels to Dallas for a Christmas Eve showdown. That would be a bummer if Hurts yeah, can't it sure go. would. It sure would because that game had so much smoke attached to it. Yes. With the uh, comments from... Micah Parsons yeah. and the reaction yeah. from Philadelphia, the fact that the it's, Eagles won the first matchup between the teams. It might be a blessing in disguise for, for the Eagles just to let him sit this one out. Maybe. They're 13-1. They can punt a game. Yeah. Uh, the inactive list was a who's who last night. No Devin Booker for the Suns. No LeBron James, Anthony Davis, or Russell Westbrook for the Lakers. But the absentees did not change the recent trend of the Suns dominating this rivalry. Chris Paul pumped in 28 points, had 8 
assists. DeAndre Ayton, 21 points, 11 rebounds. Mikel Bridges chipped in with 20 as the Suns coasted past the Lakers 130-104 to at Footprint Center. Suns used an 18-1 to run in the first quarter to open the game up. They never looked back. They hit 20 of 39 from three-point range. Counting playoffs, it was the ninth straight win by the Suns over the Lakers, and I think it's up to 12 now if you count preseason. Um, no rest for the banged-up Suns tonight. They welcome the Washington Wizards to town for their yearly visit to Footprint Center. Wizards are 12th in the East. They are 11-20. and 20. They've lost 10 straight. Tonight's game tips off at 7. Pre-game coverage beginning at 6.30 here on the Arizona Sports app and 98.7. Man, it was so, there's anticipation every time the Lakers come to town. Right. And then you're like, wow, nobody's playing tonight. Yeah. Yeah, that was kind of a bummer last night. But then again, they've, they've stretched their uh, win streak over the Lakers, preseason included, to 12 games. Yes. So that's a nice thing. So they've got that going. And yeah, it was a nice, comfortable, easy night for them. So it's all good. Coyotes fell to the Canadians uh, 3-2 in overtime at Mullet Arena. The game was tied at 2 in the extra period when Mike Hoffman lit the lamp for Montreal. Coyotes do get a point. They pushed their season mark to 25. Yotes are in Vegas tomorrow night to face the Golden Knights at T-Mobile Arena. Bobby Hurley's Arizona State Sun Devils crashed their way into the top 25, debuting at number 25 in the new AP rankings released yesterday. Sun Devils are 11-1 and and the third of three Pac-12 teams ranked. Arizona moved up to number five over their, after their weekend win over Tennessee. UCLA moved up three spots to number 13. Purdue still number one, followed by Connecticut, Houston, Kansas, and Arizona. Sun Devils on the road tomorrow night to face San Francisco in their final game before Christmas. Ah. Those fifth-ranked Wildcats are in action tonight, hosting Montana State at McHale Center in Tucson at 6.30. Grand Canyon will host Idaho State in Phoenix this evening at 7. ASU football got another transfer commitment Monday. Notre Dame quarterback yeah. Drew Pine committing to the Sun Devils. Pine started the season as the fighting Irish backup quarterback, was pressed into duty after an injury to starter Tyler Buckner. He threw for over 2,000 yards, 22 touchdowns, and six interceptions on the season. I don't know if you remember it's this. It's a nice pick. little building block. It is. Um, the only real action I saw from Drew Pine all mm-hmm. year was the game that he actually took over for the injured Tyler Buckner. At the end of the game against Marshall, it was a disgusting game. Notre Dame lost to Marshall. Mm-hmm. And Drew Pine was terrible. And I actually came on the air and <laughs> made a joke about Pine, his last name, that's actually where he belongs. <laughs> and now he's uh, the Sun Devil quarterback. And he was actually pretty well, good the rest of the year. Yeah, no, he, it, yes, he, he actually was pretty good. That yeah. is kind of funny. I'd forgotten that story. Now you bring it up, I remember it. Former Arizona wide <laughs> receiver, one-time Pinnacle High Star Dorian Singer headed to USC because, of course, he is. Everybody goes to USC. Can we expedite the process of getting USC out of this conference? I told you the Lincoln-Riley effect Ugh. was going to be real. The Lincoln-Riley effect is this, Jarrett. They don't win anything but Heisman trophies. Oh. Have fun. Uh, Singer led the Pac-12 with 1,105 receiving yards on 66 catches in 2022. And former South Point Catholic High Star uh, Bijan Robinson of Texas skipping the Longhorns Bowl game. He is entering the NFL draft. He ran for almost 1,600 yards and 18 touchdowns for Texas, and in his career averaged 6.3 yards per carry on 539 carries. So there you go. Uh, A wide-ranging splash today for Tuesday, December 20th. Coming up next, the Cardinals' march toward the end of the season continues. And can we pick up the pace a little? Yeah. We'll get into it next. It's uh, Bickley and Murata mornings live from the Akchin Community Studios here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata Mornings.
each week it, it seems to be another challenge, like you said. I think just game planning, hey, what can we do to maximize these people, um, trying to figure it out is, is, is tough sometimes in that short of a span, um, who to put where and how can we you know, run plays or, or coverages that kind of maximize who they are and what they know even for guys that we had picked up later on in the season. But um, that's just you know part of this league and everybody's dealing with the same, same issues. Cliff Kingsbury, the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. I don't know if you've heard this pick. Cardinals have some injured players. Oh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> the, the, one of the things that, about the season is it, they are so bad and their record is going to be so bad that it's going to be impossible to even blame it on injuries. That's I, what I think. Impossible for a lot of people. Yeah. We don't know if it's going to be impossible for the people who are making the decisions. Well, okay. I mean, they will try. That's a fear. That is a real fear. Mm-hmm. And last year, it, the feeling was a lot different. Even though they collapsed down the stretch, you're still coming off a playoff appearance. Yes, it was a bad playoff appearance. But the fear was, they'll say, we're better than this. Mm-hmm. That that uh, ending well, to the season was not indicative of who we were. We didn't have DeAndre Hopkins. We're going to march it forward. Mm-hmm. And they, came, they, they basically ran it back with the same team. You see the results. But that's the fear that's built in. This is not who the Arizona Cardinals are. We were unable to put our top our top team out there at any time right, this season. Right. We're going to run it back once yeah. again. Yeah. Um, first of all, I don't think that's possible because with the amount of free agents True. they have. And, and secondarily, it, it's not a one-year thing. And that's that's the thing that I think has to be – it has to remain in focus. That this, is, this has been an ongoing um, deconstruction of a program since this football team was sitting at 10-2 and two last season. And from there, the numbers speak for themselves. Five. And sixteen, what it one in twelve at home? Is that what it is? The um, it, it, to me, I, I I hear this a lot. I hear this a lot, not just from the Cardinals, but for other football teams that come out and say, "We know we can't blame it on injuries. Injuries happen in the NFL, and you have to overcome them." But then they keep bringing it up. We've had ten different offensive line combinations, right. so it's like a real passive aggressive way to throw an alibi out into the ether. You know what I mean? It's it's it it just to me I just I reject that wholeheartedly. Yes, obviously injuries are a bad break. Yes, obviously the Cardinals have suffered quite a lot of them. So over the 49ers and they're on a seven game winning streak. So you know it it's it's that only goes so far with me. Yeah, and you know the battle cry from Cliff Kingsbury and you know and I'm I'm not shooting arrows at him here. He's in a tough spot. But his battle cry has been, "Hey, well, let's finish strong. Let's play our best football at this point. You know, mm-hmm. we're not, you know, we're not done yet. We still have good football to play. Not only will the Cardinals not play their best football, <laughs> but with this continuing wave of injuries, when you get down to a third string quarterback who's a practice squad guy, basically, which is a very real reality for the Christmas Day viewing against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right? The Cardinals might still play their worst football of the year the rest of the way. Imagine yeah, that's, that. That's very. That is very very." possible. And so I think that what I saw on Sunday, and again, this is just an observation. I'm not reporting this to be true. But when you look out for the effects of zombie football, which basically is football players with varying and waning levels of commitment based on the fact that there is no hope left, and and in the minds of some of those players, no point in even trying hard. What I saw on Sunday was a defense that was still together and playing hard, and I saw an offense that was a little sus. 
if you will. And when I say sus, I'm talking about efforts from a couple of their elite wide receivers. Um, so I think that it, I, I think that it, it gets down to that. If, if you're a defensive player and you do the hitting, it's it's easier to stay engaged. If you're an offensive player, it's harder and harder to take crushing hits when it's for absolutely nothing. Right? Totally agree. When it's a lost cause, it's really hard to justify, you know, playing at the physicality and the intensity that you have to win in the NFL. Here was Cliff Kingsbury on the offense yesterday. Yeah, offensively, um, you know, whoever's back there just executing the play at a high level. I think if you get beat physically, it's one thing, but um, some of the mental errors we're having, some of the uh, busts we're having, you you just can't do that in this league. Week in and week out, I expect to to play consistent offensive football, and that's been our biggest message is let's do it right. Yeah, um, we've heard the same drum beat the, the entire season. There was one play the Cardinals offense had one play of fi- over 15 yards in the first three and a half quarters of that football game <laughs> Can I it tell didn't you how- open yeah. up until Trace McSorley came into the game that's when the offense right. started actually getting chunk right. plays right and they had one play over 18 yards to me hearing this this repeated mantra of we need to just execute at a high level and to be the best we can be it, it's almost laughable at this point in time because when have they executed at a high level? They haven't. Maybe for a while during the Chargers game? Maybe? I don't know. Um, it, so to me, Gamble brought up an interesting question yesterday. We'll get back into this later. And he wondered aloud if Cliff Kingsbury is checked out. Look, I think it's a fair question to uh-huh. ask. I mean, if he knows if see, there's a lot of debate as to whether or not Michael Bidwell is going to replace the head coach, given the situation at quarterback, given the market, given who's out there, all of that. Um, there might be a very easy fix in just promoting Vance Joseph for a year. But then you run the risk of uh, you've got a lot of holes already to fill on that coaching staff. Yes. So. So to me, it's a fair question because when you listen to tonally the things he's saying, it, it sounds like a head coach just going through the motions. But it's but but he's always been like that, so it's hard to kind of identify exactly where he's at emotionally. I don't know, man. That he's he is even as even keeled as they come as, as head coach. Yeah. But I, would it shock me if, if this when this is over, and if you got some truth serum into Cliff Kingsbury, he's probably feeling a lot. Very similarly to how he felt in that first half of that first game of his rookie season against Detroit. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Oh, should I have bought that house? Oh, I'm not going to be around here much longer. Yeah. I, because the feeling at the beginning of the year had to be 180 degrees different. Hey, we won 11 games. We went to the playoffs. I just got a fat contract extension. I'm here for a while. I I kind of think the other way. I think if anything, he might privately want to be done with this. Because think of the stress of this all. Think of the criticism. It's not just locally. It's nationally. Think of think of how little success he has had developing this quarterback. Think about going into next year even without him. And then think about, you know, Bill Belichick saying, I'll call you. (laughs) I might need an offensive coordinator next year. I'll give you a call. Oh, man, imagine the base in that conversation. Well, let me ask you. <laughs> yeah, it's all about that base, uh, yeah. Jared. Yeah. Um, let me ask you this question, and maybe mm-hmm. we can circle this, circle back around to this. If you're an NFL, let's say Cliff Kingsbury becomes available, and you're a franchise looking for an offensive coordinator. What's, what's there? 
If there's a college team looking for a coordinator, yeah. he's your guy. Yes. I, I think maybe maybe it would be different with the Patriots, especially if this Tom Brady thing is a yeah, possibility. I, mean, I, I guess they had a defensive coordinator well, calling it, offensive plays yeah, this year. Because so. I, I think I think if Bill Belichick gave Cliff the offense to run and say and said this is your offense, call plays from this bucket and work with Tom Brady, I think it's it's probably an easy job. But again, I I, I don't I really don't know. It's it was interesting yesterday how, how Wolf believes Steve Keim is definitely gone. And he believes that Cliff Kingsbury is going to be back, and I think you can you can you can paint a case for each. You can, and and the case to retain him though isn't that well. You know he he just deserves a little more time, or oh well, the injuries really got to. We need to give him another shot. It's really just about circumstance. Yeah. The fact that they're going into next year with an injured quarterback, and this is not the time to bring in a new install. So I don't know. It's 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 going to be fascinating. It really will be. Yeah. Uh, the next month uh, of the Arizona Cardinals will be fascinating. Everything except for the football. <laughs> yeah, you're right about that. Football season is winding down, but you still have time to get in on Bick's Picks. Text PICK to 620-620 to sign up and compete against Dan Bickley for your chance at the grand prize. A 75-inch TV courtesy of Corona Extra. Weekly winners will receive an NFL jersey of their choice. And a $50 gift card to cold beers and cheeseburgers. Just text PICK to 620-620 to enter. Coming up next, Suns continue their mastery of the Los Angeles Lakers. Different looking crew doing it, but they got it done. We'll get into it next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on this Tuesday on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Now Chandler drives to his left. Shamit wheels it out on top to Chris Paul for the Suns. Paul at three-point range. Paul now behind a Biambo screen. Now he'll shoot a three. Shazam! 28 points for Chris Paul. Hall of Famer Al McCoy on the call. Yes, uh, one of 20 three-pointers hit by the Phoenix Suns last night. Uh, only three guys, only two guys that played. Um, check that. Three guys that played did not hit a three. Uh, they were just raining in threes. And what was a weird basketball game, a weird vibe at Footprint Center with all the stars and street clothes. Not all of them. Mm-hmm. DeAndre Ayton returned uh, from his ankle injury, played well. Chris Paul was out there, but really nobody showed up for, for the uh, Lakers. LeBron was out. Anthony Davis out for a month. Russell Westbrook decided not to play either. And uh, it, it was a mess for the Lakers. And that franchise is a mess right now. Yeah, it is. And and I think that when Russell Westbrook t- out last. I, again, the Lakers basically said, no, we're not going to compete this game. And it, it just kind of reminds you again how busted the NBA is when it comes to these scheduling issues. Um, they claim that reducing the number of backs, the Lakers were on the second of a back-to-back, they right? Were. Yeah. Okay. Just as the Suns will be uh, tonight, tonight at home. Yeah. Um, so no team in the NBA has fewer than 12 back-to-backs. No team has more than 15. No team has fewer than 12 back-to-back sets this year. That seems to be very high in a league that doesn't want load management to be part of the conversation. It is, and it's been reduced from, from recent years. Yeah, I mean, it that, was that 19 eight years ago. Was it really? Yeah. Yeah, and eight years ago, had we heard the term load management yet? That's a good point. I don't think 2014, we had. 15 season, probably not. Look, I, I think we're past the point of saying you know the, the easy reaction to all of this. Bick is all right. Say twelve is the number. Reduce the number of regular season games from eighty two to seventy. Okay, Take twelve off. Solved. 
I don't think it would solve the problem. Oh, really? No, I don't. I think load management would still be a thing. <laughs> that would that just would be play quite 50 be something. games instead of 70 games. And, and this no, that's a players. good point. That's a good point because I do agree with you. Load management is bigger than just NBA coaches going, uh, this is ridiculous. It's it like you have said, it is also a a function of players and their and their new age coaching crews who advise them rest, 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 rest. Do you, do you know the real way to get rid of load management is make it so less teams make the playoffs. That's the real thing about load management See, is that so many teams is, make the playoffs yes. that they know the games don't all matter. But the problem is all the solutions and remedies to this yes. cost the league profits. Right. Exactly. Yes. You think the league's ever going to say, all right, we're cutting it down to four playoff teams. <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah, never. We're more likely we're to gonna, go to 16. We need to, uh, we Everybody need, makes yeah. the playoffs. We need to do some make goods and some give backs to all our advertising partners because our inventory now is going to decline from 82 games to 70. Yeah, like that's going to happen. Yes. Um, so it, it, this is, again, I think it's for a minute there, I was really honestly getting worried about the Lakers. And then uh, when Anthony Davis goes down and it might be a month, who knows what it's going to be, how long it's going to be this time alone. Uh, Howard Beck just wrote that that the Lakers have successfully succeeded. How's that for an oxymoron? Successfully succeeded <laughs> in wasting the last years of LeBron James. I don't know. He might play until he's 55. <laughs> how last Tom Brady? Yeah, maybe. Uh, on the subject of load management, Chris Paul, who uh, played his best game of the year last night, 28 yeah, points, 8 assists, looked really good out there. Uh, he said, that's not me. I'm going to play every night I can. And when I say that, that means um, to each his own. I'm not really with that sitting games, resting games. I've been fortunate to play 18 years, and unfortunately I had a lot of injuries. So I know what it's like not to be able to play. Right. So every time I get an opportunity to play, I look at it as a uh, privilege. So, yeah, I'll be I'll be playing tomorrow night. <laughs> you know, don't nothing happen between God, please, <laughs> between me going home. You know what I mean? Like I I will be out on the court tomorrow. I guarantee that. That is a refreshing attitude. No, I to got take. a ton of respect for that. It doesn't mean though, like because Chris Paul had a legitimate injury. He had a heel injury. We don't know what the extent of that injury was. The Suns didn't give a whole lot of information, but he missed 14 games. Was there load management built into his absence? And, you know, hey, you know what? You're you're really hurt. Don't push it back. When you're when you're good, you're good, but we're not going to rush you back. There there may yeah. have been elements to that, but still, Chris Paul's attitude on this subject is 180 degrees different from what most players think. And go back to hey, watching the Broncos Cardinals game um, on on Sunday. This is what's different about sports now. When the little anecdote about Russell Wilson, he flew in his medical team from Seattle. <laughs> like, what? Mm-hmm. These guys have their own teams of doctors yeah, and specialists right. and therapists yeah. and, and all of this. It's all different now. Yeah, and right, exactly. And they all have to justify their roles inside these individual athletes' fiefdoms. And part of it is, watch your, get your rest. Don't play. I, I I really appreciate Chris Paul saying that, but it's it, we also know that going into this season, this is one of those things where the Phoenix Suns kind of had to recognize and kind of had to look in the face that for two consecutive years now he's broken down in the playoffs for whatever reasons, and it's it just seemed it seemed to me to be a logical conclusion whether or not it works or not. It would seem to be a logical thing to try mm-hmm. to try to kind of keep Chris Paul in a you know. On a moderate 
workload, mm-hmm. but he ain't having it. And, and I think I think maybe I think maybe the beginning of the year that heel injury, Vinny. I think maybe that was some built-in load management, right? Yeah. But I think I think when the sun struggled a little bit. I, I think maybe that might have changed things. I think it might have been okay. We need to win some basketball games. Yeah, it's been weird because the 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 tact on this has been kind of all over the place. Like we're going to try to win basketball games. We're treating the reg- Devin Booker said we're treating the regular season differently this year. DeAndre Ayton said I have no time for regular season yeah. games. Yeah, okay, no time for this bleep. All over. Yeah. Uh, the, the Suns have seemingly righted the ship, winning three straight, getting their nineteenth win of the year last night. Monty Williams talked about that very subject. Last Last year, you're dominant, and the, the the path was clear. The strategy was clear. We're going to win as many regular season games as we can. They won 64 of them. Then they fell apart in the playoffs. What did Monty Williams and the team learn from that? I think for me, it's always about how your team is playing and if you're getting better. Case in point, last year, we, we were number one, but we weren't the best team. And if you're not seated where everybody thinks you should be, but you're playing the right way at the right time, I, I'll take that over a dominant record you know it was fun last year it was great for the organization but I think all of us are more focused on getting better and being our best when our best is required and knowing that our best is enough I think that's the focus for us and it's it's a weird juxtaposition really because when when you are atop the league in the regular season and you do have I mean their level of dominance last year in the regular season 64 wins that was what six seven wins more than anybody else in basketball yeah, that's a cool thing. Mm-hmm. But when you have that and you have that attitude, you also have a big target on your oh, back. Oh yeah, you do. And the and the Suns still have that target on their back, and they will have it until the playoffs start this year. Mm-hmm. And then it's somebody else. Somebody else is going to have that that moniker of being the top seed in the Western Conference, and they'll have the target on their back. Yeah, I know. No, you're exactly right. And and I think that I said this a few days ago, and I I think it's actually coming true now that that maybe the best thing for the Suns right now would be the inexperience of some of the these newbie teams like the Grizzlies, like the Pelicans, who are going to kind of ride a little bit of a roller coaster here, uh-huh. right? Yeah. And and that's it's happening with the Pelicans now, and and so and that just kind of will keep everything in the West kind of bunched up, and I think that's good for the Suns. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Suns win at one thirty to one oh four last night over the Lakers, and yes, they do have another game tonight against the Washington Wizards. Tip is at seven. Pre-game six thirty on the Arizona Sports app and ninety eight seven. Rock and Roll Hall of Famers. The Red Hot Chili Peppers heading to State Farm Stadium on May 14th with the Strokes. Tickets are on sale now, but you can win a pair of tickets uh, by uh, heading to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com. Coming up next, here's how weird the NFL is. The Arizona Cardinals are 4-10, and 10, officially eliminated. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are two games ahead of that, and they're in first place in their division. And they're coming to town on Christmas Day. We'll get into some things around the Buccaneers and the NFL next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata Mornings, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata. Hash marks. Yeah, we'll try to show it off, both of us are, you know, looking for a win. He's highly competitive, but, you know, we'll text here and there, and, um, you know, I know he'll be fired up uh, to try and get back on track. You know, they're still planning to get in the playoffs, and um, the division's really tight, so just like us, they're fighting to get a win. It's Cliff Kingsbury, the head coach of the Cardinals, on his relationship with Tom Brady. They talk, but not this week, maybe some text back and forth. Tom Brady making an appearance Christmas Day at State Farm Stadium. Most likely to quarterback 
against Trace McSorley. Uh, but yeah, indivi- I mean, just focusing on the Buccaneers side of this, what a weird year for them. The whole Bruce Arians is back. He's done. Tom Brady, he's done. He's back. Todd he's Bowles, he's divorced. Uh, Todd Bowles is the head coach. Is getting a lot of criticism. Um, the energy from that team the last two years where they've been not only a Super Bowl champion but a contender appears to be gone. Uh, there's all these questions about Tom Brady's future. I mean, the, yeah. and, and through all of it, because of their real estate, where they live in the NFC South, they're still in first place. It's ridiculous. The, the, the Buccaneers are, and I picked them to win the Super Bowl, so egg on my face. They're a bad football team that's going to get a home playoff game. Yeah, they are. They're going to win that division because Carolina kind of yacked on their chance over the weekend to kind of take control of that thing. And, yeah, I agree with that. And that I think that is bad news for the Cardinals because I do think there's going to be a level of urgency and desperation in Tampa. Not necessarily because they need a win, which they do, but I, I believe Tom Brady would be highly embarrassed to go into the playoffs with a losing record. And so I think, I think, I think they're going to get – I think they're going to have their hands full on Christmas night, the Cardinals. Yeah. Um, I also know that it, what's interesting, too, is so Tom Brady made fun of the not made fun, but he was he wasn't very generous with his description of the Bengals defense. They have the Bengals now after that victory. They have been trolling him and dragging him. Have you seen some of this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He deserves it. I mean, Brady didn't play well in the second half. And there's there's some lasting effects from from this game, too. Um Tampa Bay's up 17-3 at halftime. And you're like, wow, maybe they're getting it together for this mm-hmm. stretch run. They fall apart in the second half. They lose to Cincinnati 34-23. The Bengals unleashed 34 straight points on them. And a lot of it was self-inflicted. There was a play early in the third quarter uh, of that game where uh, they're near midfield, fourth and one. The Buccaneers call a fake punt. Giovanni Bernard, who, by the way, it seems like he's been in the NFL for 25 years. He's 31 years old. But anyway. And he's been a backup the entire time. He fumbles the fake punt. Yep. It kind of opens the floodgates. The Bengals get a field goal to start this run. And then Brady goes on his turnover streak. He, you know, They turn the ball over four straight times. Giovanni Bernard uh, in the locker room uh, was getting cornered by Buccaneers media members. This is a fascinating story. Um, so here you, this is posted by Jenna Lane, who covers the Buccaneers for ESPN.com. Um, it's her filming this. You can hear her voice on it, but it's other reporters trying to get Giovanni Bernard to answer a question about this key play, as they termed it. He said, look, you guys haven't talked to me all year. Uh, here's the way these, this exchange went down. Well, you were injured all year. What have you done for us to talk to you about all year? I, I talked to you Tuesday. Just don't, just talk, don't say you're not talking because I didn't talk to you all year. You were also injured most of the season, too. Can I go to my family that I have outside? And you can. Now? Just, just don't say we didn't talk to you we, all year. We just wanted to ask for your perspective on what happened you, there. You were involved in one of the biggest plays of the game. <laughs> Okay. Thank you, Drew. Appreciate your time. We do. We won't hold you. We, we would have talked to you in the season, but also okay, you were injured. Just tell us what occurred on the, on the punt. Miscommunication, that's all it was on my part. I take complete fault for that. Did was it a fake? I don't know. But it was complete fault. My fault. That's it. Did, is that something the team has a practice It's all me. All me. That's uh, something I did wrong, and that's all. 
So you were It was aware? all on me. Yep, number 25 <laughs> out there. That was me. Um, I was the one that did it. But were you aware it was, it was just a me. fake? Yeah, I, I messed up. <laughs> I understand that. But we're just asking if you knew it was I messed just up. just didn't know if it was a communication Yeah, I messed down. up. So Gio Bernard actually finally acquiesced, answered the questions that was without the answering thing. the questions. That was it. Why, why was that such a big deal? And why did Jenna get... The other guy was just as pestering, yeah. whoever the other reporter they're, was. They're both getting criticism. I would love to get your thoughts on the way that was handled. Yeah, um, my my initial reactions are that in situations like that, the media should not get contentious in, in sort of – pestering is the word that Jarrett used. If Giovanni Bernard says, come on, you guys haven't wanted to talk to me all year, I, I think as a media person, at that point in time, you've got you've to – effectively use conflict resolution and say, yes, I know we're bad. You've had a tough year. You've been injured. We, we get that. But can we just ask one question instead of like barking back in his face that, well, what have you done? That, yeah. that to me, I, I think it, it just sounds like they crossed a little bit of a line and it, and it turned the thing to a level it didn't need to be. And Gio Bernard, I thought, handled it. Pretty class in, in, in a classy way. You know, yeah, mentioned I, he had I agree. family outside. Then he did answer the questions. Well, didn't answer them, but 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 at least gave the illusion that he was answering the questions and, and working with the media. Right. Yeah. It. The. I guess it would be the illusion because I think he was quite obviously trolling them back. Yes, with but each after of his answers, that's the one thing too. I can't yeah. get like. Athletes make this pretty clear when they answer a question the same exact way the second time it's posed. Why do you continue to ask the questions? It just gets yeah. uncomfortable. Yes, it does. And, and, I, and I think you see this in football locker rooms because very, very frequently these games come down to single plays or single mistakes. And then a player who has had very little media interaction suddenly comes back to his locker and there's a crowd waiting for him. And it, it, it always turns into a, a thing like, oh, really? Okay. It, it, now I'm interesting to you. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> and and so I think at that, uh, at that point, it's up to the media people there to kind of conflict, to practice conflict resolution and find a way to get across to him. Listen, I, I totally get it. Can we ask you one question? But to Gio Bernard's defense on this, yes, he fumbles that. It technically goes down as a turnover on downs on the fake punt. The next four possessions for the for the Buccaneers, and it's still even after the Bengals kicked mm-hmm. the field goal following that turnover on downs at seventeen six, interception, fumble, fumble, interception. Right. Yet Gio Bernard's play was one of the biggest plays of the game. Right. What about and, those four possessions? Well, that's and, that's and hence that's why he was kind of trolling the media by saying, "Yep, number twenty five. That's me. All my fault. All my fault. All my fault." So, so I don't think he, I don't think he did give the media really anything. But I think that whole thing could have just been handled much differently and gotten a different result. Look at Jacoby Myers and the way that he handled the post game in Vegas. He, that's the way you do it. Yeah. Um, that, you know, if Jacoby Myers comes out and says, yeah, I'm not talking to the media after that, that's a different story. You have, that's one of the things you have to talk, uh, especially on a play like that that's going mm-hmm. to go down in NFL history as one of the, the, the dumbest, I mean, I hate to say it, it's one of the dumbest plays we've ever seen. It's I've I have found generally when when you see instances instances like this, it, it's generally a reflection of a locker room that isn't very tolerant of media. So when you hear when you hear an exchange like that, that to me sounds more like a cultural thing that that maybe that is how the collective media is viewed in that locker room to begin with. Yeah. I don't know that for a fact, but that's generally that because generally there is an acknowledgement among football players that if you are involved in one of these kind of plays, you kind of got to stand yeah. there. 
and and give a couple of lines or explanations and then be done with it. But also think about what's transpired. A lot of these guys that are in Tampa Bay right now, they've been there for the glory years. Mm -hmm. Dealing with the media was a pleasure the last two years. Without a doubt. And the media does have a job to do Mm -hmm. and ask the tough questions about these plays that lead to losses now. It's like maybe there's this... You don't think about it, but there's this. Wow, you, you're you're flipping on us like this. They're doing their job. Well, yes, but but I but I also I also think, and maybe this is just me. I I, I think if I've never I've never believed that an athlete has to do anything. That an athlete has no obligation to the media whatsoever. I believe it's more of a courtesy than anything. The fact that the league mandates it doesn't mean uh, the media is entitled to get it. Mm-hmm. I've always been of the belief that if a dude doesn't want to talk about something, okay. That's how it's going to be reflected. You're not going to look great by by taking that stance. Yeah, just by by the media reporting yeah. that simple fact. Well, because so and so declined comment. You know this because you've been in locker rooms. The dudes who mess up in a game and are standing there for the media, waiting for the media to arrive. Those guys are always treated much nicer. Mm-hmm. That's not necessarily right either. And so, so I I understand the frustrations when you listen to an exchange like that. I, yeah, I just I think that could have been handled. I think so too. Much more professionally on both ends. I think so too. Coming up next, Suns get a win over the Lakers last night. It's three in a row for Phoenix. I'll tell you what my view of the game was next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.